Hello, thanks for listening. Hope all's well. Today, I've got the coach who's currently at a competition. It's Mark Shardlow here with the Daily Chat about the Olympics and Paralympics. Uh, Joe McDonnell is the guest today. He's a sprint coach and amongst his athletes are Amy Hunt, who's aiming for the Olympics, and Libby Clegg and Thomas Young, who are going for the Paralympics. He works with the Invictus Games athletes too, mostly at Loughborough University. And I found him though locked away in his hotel room at the European Para-Athletics Championships in Poland. Yes, yeah. And I don't speak, well, I say I don't speak a word of Polish. I can say Jak Savage, which is mean, how, how are you? So, uh, which is a good way to get around Poland because people are very polite, to be honest with you. They've been really good. And you're there for the uh, European Para-Athletics Championships, um, which is a big one as far as para-sport's concerned. Uh, how's it been in terms of the logistics? To be honest with you, it's been, it's been really good. It's been quite seamless. And I think because of the restriction that we've kind of had back in the UK, we're kind of used to kind of the hand washing, wearing the mask. I suppose the difference is our um, directive here is that we must wear a mask at all times, even outside. So wearing the mask inside, which we're used to being at home, but here in the warm-up area, we have to wear a mask and it's for people's protection. So it's just kind of getting along with the new rules so that it's best for everybody involved, really. I've had a lot of athletes on this programme, but you're the first coach, actually. So how challenging has the last 12 months been from a coach's perspective? So my working day used to be kind of half nine till about half one. Um, And I could see all my group were in that time. Uh, Now my working day sometimes goes from kind of half nine till half seven in the evening because of the restricted number of people you can have in a group. So I think we've done really well to get people into train. It just makes your group size much smaller and makes your walking day much longer. For the athletes, I think there's been a benefit because they get more one-to-one attention. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the athletes that need a big group have probably struggled and the ones that want that closer attention have benefited. Yeah, no, I guess the challenge um, too has been, as you move towards the Games, is finding competition as well. Oh, it's, I mean, the UK, I mean, at, at Loughborough, we've managed to put on two or three competitions. We put on some indoors under the guidance of what was allowed with restrictions. Uh, Nuneaton managed to put on a lot of races, but trying to get athletes abroad to race so your elite athletes that want those elite races, that want to get away, that's been a real struggle. Personally, I think one of the things that the athletes have struggled with is normally within the periodized program. So that basically means where you'd train, go into a competition, come out of that competition phase and then, you know, do some technical or tactical stuff, but at a lower tempo to give athletes a rest. Athletes have been training for 15 months, 16 months without competition and I think that's brought along um, quite a few issues in itself where they haven't had that cycle of being able to compete so I think we're starting to see athletes with not necessarily severe injuries but niggles that we probably I think we probably wouldn't have seen because they've had extended times of training on different environments or running on grass 
rather than on a track. What about the mental side of things? I mean, I guess always as a coach, the sort of athlete mental health is important and, and to you and you probably have a lot to do with that. But I guess the last 12 months has been a different level. Yeah. And uh, do you know what? I, I, I was speaking to, because I work with Invictus as well, and I was speaking to a chap called uh, Mo Morris, who does a lot of the mental health stuff with the services. And he, he asked me the exact same question. And the reflection of that was, I think some athletes are, are really struggling because thing people don't realise that when you train an athlete, part of that training is being able to deal with that mental stress of competition. And you kind of build that up as part of their training programme. So when they go into competition to focus and they kind of just take it in their stride, pardon the pun, to uh, kind of go and get along and just compete at the highest level. And they've been out of that elite competition for a long time. So the people that aren't used to that level of elite competition, I think have excelled because they've gone in and not really had to deal with that stress. And the people that are used to dealing with the stress have got out of the habit of dealing with that stress and now have to try and relearn some of that. Um, so I think if, if you look, the way I look at my athletes is that at a very, if I'm if I had to put that down in an order of priority, I would put down the individual first and their their welfare and kind of in reality their training comes quite a bit down from the top of what is a priority because the first priority is their them as an individual their welfare their development as a person not necessarily as an athlete first. And that athlete development comes further down that because if you, and this is just my philosophy, if you just go in thinking about athletic development, I think you lose a lot of the potential of that athlete. Where if I always try and develop the person first rather than the athlete and then work on, because look, they become elite athletes because they're talented and they've already got a talent. My job is just to teach them to use that in an efficient way. So I just always work on their welfare first and their individual development rather than their athletic athletic development first. Yeah, hopefully you'll have Olympians and Paralympians in Tokyo this summer. I was just reading in the Times this morning, uh, Team GB athletes are going to have mental health specialists monitoring them in Tokyo. I, th- I think that's a great thing because... From the, the camp here that we've had in Poland where you're kind of in lockdown in the hotel and then you go to the track, to the training track, uh, athletes get a chance to get out, get into a bit of fresh air. I'm just guessing, because I don't know, that it's probably even going to be tougher when we get to Tokyo. I think it'll be very strict and I get why. I just think that brings along its own issues. One of the things that you'd want people to go away in the camp is to go away finishing that camp, finishing that competition with incredible memories of having an amazing time. And when they're all sitting with their grandchildren, being able to reflect on that and say, what an amazing time we had when we were in Tokyo. We did this, we raced here, we went to see this. I'm not sure we'd be going to see anything. I was saying that when we were in Rio, I was there for 21 days, and I managed to get a half a day to go and see Christ the Redeemer. But the athletes had a great time. You talk to the athletes now about Rio or 
London or Beijing. People like Libby Clegg, who's seen a few of them, and she's got incredible memories of some of them. Her, I'm going to guess her memories of Tokyo is going to be we stayed in the hotel or we didn't really see much outside of that. And how do you create that team bonding? Because that's that's the special thing, I think. I mean, you talked there about Rio and about London, is that it felt like a team and you're experiencing it now. Can you create a team atmosphere over there in Poland or is that really challenging because you're all locked away in your rooms? I think one of the things that create a real team bonding is being able to go and observe your peers in a stadium, compete and do the best that they can do on that day. They haven't been able to do that here. One of the great things here is people walk back into the dining hall where we are here. You know, if people had been and competed that day when they came in, people generally gave them a round of applause when they came in. And if they came in with a medal, they had a bigger round of applause. If they came in with a medal and a PB, they got an even bigger round of applause. So, so there is, you know, there's that love that people just want to really celebrate someone that's just been and competed. And I think that's born out of not being able to be there. So how about this week then? Uh, it's not over for you as we speak, but your athletes um, have done pretty well. Thomas Young ran last night, ran a championship record. He's moving really, really well. He loves a competition, does Tom. Absolutely loves getting out and running in front of a camera. I mean, in, in reality, his games are going to be Paris and... LA. Sean Burroughs won a bronze medal in 2015 in Doha. Four months later, completely severed his hamstring, five centimetre tear in his hamstring. He's had five, six years of just injuries that kind of went along with that one particular injuries. You know, some of the kind of personal issues around mental health, etc. We've got Sean through that and Sean went and won a silver medal with a massive PB. You know, and his journey has just been, it's a, an incredible story what Sean's been through to get to this point. Uh, look, great to see you. Um, it's great that you actually had a competition, which for you, it's you amazing. know, who love athletics, must be amazing. Huh? Yeah, it really, really, really is good. I do miss seeing your face around these competitions, though. Well, you know, hopefully soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good when we all get back to some sort of, kind of normality i've i've had both my vaccine doses because i was the right age so so i've had uh both of mine uh, have you managed to get yours i've got both of mine too because i'm of similar age so uh, yeah. you've got a lot less no, don't look your, it. Hair, your hair is still quite dark <laughs> amazing what the creams do uh yeah, Joe, great to see you. Uh, I hope the meeting finishes off in style, as I'm sure it will. And all the best in the run-up to Tokyo. Thank you, and I look forward to talking to you again, Mark. You take care. Joe McDonald speaking from Poland with some interesting takes on life as a coach over the last year or so, hoping to get athletes at both the Olympics and Paralympics this summer. Thanks very much again for listening and for downloading and for the comments. I'll drop in the show notes details of how you can contact me. I love the emails that you're sending. And also, if you want to make a contribution to a charity I'm supporting, which is Maggie's Cancer Centres, if you're enjoying these podcasts, then please go to justgiving.com, search out Destination Tokyo, or check in the show notes. You can drop just a couple of pounds, the price of a cup of coffee. That would be fantastic. That's it for this week. Bye-bye.